being aware of mental health and, you know, that, it, it, gosh, especially in light of what's been happening the last two years, right, with the pandemic, that's where emotional agility comes into play in this whole DISC conversation. Being able to learn how to stretch and to be mindful of and respectful of people who have other priorities than you, um, that's huge. And, you know, it's not a luxury. We used to, you know, four or five, six years ago, we used to be able to say, well, you know, that person's just having a bad day. I just, they'll get over it, whatever. Today, it's not a luxury to have emotional agility. It's a necessity. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at Good Morning HR. There was once a time when a leader's style was the blueprint for every interaction. Subordinates were just expected to modify their own behavior in order to work successfully with that leader. But in the 25 years since the publication of Daniel Goldman's Emotional Intelligence, many businesses have recognized that a successful team dynamic necessitates first understanding our own motivations, behaviors, styles, and internal biases, and then understanding the same for each other team member. Then from there, we have to modify our behavior to achieve the team's goal with as little friction as possible. My guest today is Adrian Porter. Adrian's a vice president at the Austin Alliance Group, and we'll be discussing navigating team dynamics using emotional intelligence at Fort Worth HR's Strategic Mindset Conference on September 17th. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So I've been in situations where someone on a team that I'm on just doesn't get it, regardless of how competent they are. They're what my grandmother calls a bull in a china shop. They step on other people's toes. They don't be able to, they're not able to read the room. They just don't receive feedback in a constructive way. So in those situations, am I the problem or is it the other person? Let's, (laughs) let's place some blame here, Adrian. Yeah, that's a great example, Mike. Um, You know, it is very frustrating when, especially in the business world, we expect our coworkers and our subordinates to get it, and they don't, right? Um, And, you know, I think a big key to that is being able to identify our own styles. Uh, You know, do we work fast-paced? Are we outspoken or are we cautious and reflective? Or you know, just on the other side of that, are we really questioning and skeptical or are we accepting and warm? And until we can identify where we are personally, we can't start to identify others around us and and how we're going to work together. So when we get to the point that we can people read and kind of see what stresses me out, what stresses you out, what feeds me and how I respond to communication, Uh, you know, taking the time to learn each other's styles makes a world of difference 
in having patience with people who are not like you, in learning how to communicate so that other styles will hear what you want. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're all working toward the same goal. We all want to work toward the success and the, and the accomplishments of the co corporation or the business, right? So like my team over the years has learned do not send me an email with six paragraphs and 400 words. I need three or four bullets, get it straight and clear. Anything else, we got to have a conversation because if you want me to have this information, I'm not going to read it if it's, if it's in a small book. And so those are the kind of things you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk about practical skills, like the example you just gave for, for the person that doesn't need a book, they need a graphic. Well, how do right. we identify that without having conversation with them? And uh, we're going to teach several tools like that. So give me an, give me an idea, uh, you know, because, I mean, in the ideal team, everybody, everybody would be as perfect as I am. But <laughs> since, since they're not, what are, some, what are some of those tools that, uh, you know, we can, we can use as a team to, to kind of understand each other's uh, styles and motivations or whatever else is, you know, would make us, would cause friction between uh, different people. Yeah, of course. So we're going to, I don't know how many people, how many of your listeners have used the tool called Everything Disc by Wiley. We're going to spend a little bit of time learning what that is. It's a communication tool, basically, and it teaches us how to people read. Um, the idea behind Disc is that everyone has priorities, right? We all have tendencies that we lean to and how we respond to situations daily. So one of the tools is we're going to learn a little bit about DISC and people reading. Okay. Uh, we're going to learn what agile EQ is. Emotional intelligence is not the same as IQ. There's a significant difference and uh, we're going to teach how to better equip and and learn new skills with our emotional intelligence. Uh, and then we're going to put some of these tools into practice by practicing. We're going to have a lot of interactive um, people reading in different scenarios and some small groups. So if um, so, that's that's on September 17th at the uh, Fort Worth HR Strategic Mindset Conference. Uh, but to give somebody who may not be able to attend that, that conference, um, some ideas. So we've all, I think we've all seen disc and, uh, I'm on disc, like the crazy hard D, uh, and, uh, really, you know, uh, I'm fairly high sociability, really low S and C. Uh, I will reinvent the wheel every time I touch it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and work at a very fast pace, very impatient. Um, but talk a little bit. Is it first? Is there something? Is there anything different than the traditional disc that we've we've all probably taken at some time? And the disc, you're, the everything disc you're talking about from I think you said Wiley publishes that. Is there a difference between those tools? Absolutely, yes. So traditional discs that a lot of people are um, familiar with are graphs. They're mm -hmm. the old school paper, fill in the blank, answer twenty five questions. Sure. The big difference between that and what currently exists is 
it's adaptive. It's adaptive testing. It's all done online. So as you answer a couple questions, maybe your answers are all leaning toward, yeah, you're definitely a D, Mike. Mm -hmm. um, right. But if you answer a couple and questions. And I always, I'm always worried what D stands for. <laughs> yeah. When I'm, when I'm misbehaving, my, my team may tell me what it stands for. So That's fair. That's accurate. Um, the adaptive testing takes into consideration, maybe you answer one or two questions a little bit differently and you don't really fall into that D category. Maybe you are more supportive in your responses. So the system, the test itself will give you a few additional questions to clarify. Were you just you know, in a different mindset when you answer that question, or does this really describe how you naturally respond to situations? Um, another big pro is that Everything Disk is now hosted on a new platform called Catalyst, and it's designed not as a one and done. It's not you sit down and take an assessment and you're done with it. It's a learning experience. It's um, adaptable to an individual or a team of 100 people, you can in real time see how can I interact best with this, you know, Mike's a D, I'm an S. What does that look like? If I'm not getting the responses that I want out of Joe, who's an S, uh, how can I change my behavior as a D to have better communication with him in the workplace? Um, so it sounds like the, the everything desk is an iteration of the old disk, but it's just got a lot more technology behind it. To, so you can do these larger uh, organization-wide uh, data collection and, and you know, uh, you know, formatting to figure out how different people relate. But what if I'm, so I'm a high D okay. and let's say I'm, I'm dealing with that, that high S um, who wants to send me a small encyclopedia every time and needs, feels the need to over explain every time. Um, whose job is it in that relationship to modify their behavior? Great question. You know what the answer is? You're not going to like this. I know. It's both. <laughs> yeah. It's both of you. And having both parties be aware of how the other responds and reacts and um, their natural tendencies will help you both be able to respond better to each other. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Recert Credits. Then select episode seven and enter the keyword Porter. That's P-O-R-T-E-R. -E On Thursday, September 9th, I'll be hosting a webinar entitled Using Organizational Values as a Planning and Accountability Tool. This webinar is approved for one professional development credit for SHRM certified professionals and one hour of business recertification credit for HRCI certified professionals. You can register for this free webinar at imperativeinfo.com. And if you're listening to this program after September 9th, you can still watch the recorded webinar on our website for credit. And now back to my conversation with Adrian Porter. So where do we use, uh, when do you introduce something like, you know, a tool like this uh, in, the in a process? Is it when we're 
selecting an employee? Is it one we're onboarding somebody uh, or starting a new team initiative? What? When do we do that? Great question. Thank you. So this is not an onboarding tool. However, after you've made the decision that this person is a good fit for your organization, I highly recommend you incorporate DISC into your groups, um, into your teams. And you know, at Austin Alliance Group, we always say the leader has to go first. So for an organization that's never experienced DISC, we highly recommend that you roll this out with your leadership team. Leadership has to be on board and leadership has to model what you want everybody else in the organization to model. Uh, yeah, uh, that and I've seen a lot of organizations and I talk about that in my values, uh, you know, defining your organizational values talks mm -hmm. and things like that. If, uh, you know, there are a lot of organizations where the the leadership rolls these values out or these are our, our, you know, this is a culture change we're going to achieve. They create all the posters, put them up all on the walls. Right. And then nothing ever happens because they don't change. Exactly. Um, but how do you affect that kind of change in leadership? I mean, we're adults. Our behavior patterns were set when we were 13, 14, 15. It's really hard to, to change that. And even, even when we want to. So what does that process look like? I mean, it's very possible I could, as, as that, that leader walk away, just feeling like, yeah, I'm kind of an a-hole, but it's, you know, <laughs> that's who I am. So, and it's gotten me this far. So how do you, how do we have that? How do you affect that kind of change uh, in an adult? You know, you can't want change for someone more than they want it. Okay. That's true. Okay. So, very simply by helping leaders see what the results can be by walking through a demo of everything disc on catalyst 15 minutes let, just log in look at my screen let's talk through this let me show you how this can benefit you and your teams most of the time leaders are like yeah i would love to have that result for my teams i want everybody to get along and to be able to communicate healthily at the end of the day, the leader has to go first. And if they don't buy it, if they don't buy into the idea of some change has to start with me, then, you know, we're wasting everybody's time, right? Right. Um, and then with team members, okay, so let's say our, our, our leaders bought in mm -hmm. and uh, now we're rolling this out to a team. When I've taken uh, DISC or the predictive index or any of those things over the years, um, it's certainly been illuminating because it's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, that's that's true. That's who I am. That's how I do stuff. And and oh yeah, that's where I'm weakest. Those are the areas that uh, you know. If you want me to be really, uh, you know, you know, tedious, what I call tedious, other people would call detail oriented. Uh -huh. um, you know, want me to do those kind of things. That's not where I'm going. And, you know, execution and detail and finishing, going that last mile in a project is not where I need to be. Uh, and I've learned over you know 20 plus years of running this company that my best plan is to staff people who can do that. But what if I'm what if I'm not in that role where I can staff people? So I'm I'm on a team and I'm finding that there's there's these conflicts here. And maybe I've got a tool to use like uh, everything disk, or maybe 
I, I just see that, hey, there's this person is, you know, on the other side of the world for me as right. far as how they work and what they, they, you know, what motivates them and how they behave. How do I address that as, a, as just a team member? First of all, that's extremely frustrating when you feel like you don't have the power to put change into place. But one of the beauties, and I'm, you know, I don't mean to keep harping on DISC, but one of the beauties is Catalyst, everything DISC on Catalyst has hundreds of built-in tools to show you how to do exactly what you just described. And I'm going to give you a quick example. Uh, so I am a CD. There are outlines and scripts of exactly how I can communicate with somebody that is, say, an I. My boss, for example, is an ID, a high ID. I, get, I can see that. Yep. <laughs> it's spot on, Miss Blanton. I know Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so when I'm having struggles with her or we're not seeing eye to eye on something and I'm not the boss, so I don't get to make the decisions at the end of the day uh, and I need to influence her, everything DISC on Catalyst has key scripts and I'm, I'm bringing one up to share with you as an example. Not only does it show all of our similarities, differences, uh, where we may have tension together, how we can connect and collaborate together. When I need buy-in, uh, one of the tips says, ask her to return a favor. So if I give a suggestion that she's not 100% on board with, I know that she likes collaboration and enthusiasm. So if I can get her excited about what I'm asking and then say, oh, hey, by the way, maybe, you know, next week I can fill in on a facilitation for you. How would you feel about that? Just being aware that collaboration is important to her and enthusiasm is important to her. That's one way that we can um, get buy-in. That's one way that I can get buy-in from her on something that she may not, we may not be seeing eye to eye on. Okay, great. Let's, I think we've, because we're both familiar with them, have, have jumped ahead a little bit with everybody. Will you walk through what the D, I, S, and C actually mean? Uh, I think that's, I think, I think we get locked in jargon sometimes and don't, and assume everybody's talking from the same playbook. Yeah, absolutely. So when we, Again, I mentioned it a little bit at the very beginning. Um, the key to DISC is, you know, there's four components. There's you're either fast-paced and outspoken, cautious and reflective. You decide, you know, are you fast or slow? And then on the opposite ends of the spectrum, are you questioning and skeptical or are you assuming and warm? And when you put those components together, you come up with four quadrants. It's D, which represents dominant fast-paced and outspoken, questioning and skeptical. I means you're influential or influence. Fast-paced and outspoken, accepting and warm. S is for steadiness. And the people that are steady are cautious and reflective, accepting and warm. They're usually a little slower paced in their speaking and their, their decision-making. And they drive me crazy. Because uh -huh, they're the exact opposite of you. <laughs> And then C is for conscientious, and the C folks are cautious and reflective, questioning and skeptical. Um, also, I want to clarify, Mike, though, 
regardless of which quadrant individuals fall in, they can definitely have tendencies and priorities in some of the other quadrants as well. And, and none of us are strictly defined by those behaviors, right? I mean, we're, we've got a ton of, from in one day to the next, we've got a ton of influences that are affecting our behavior on one day and uh, things that are eating up our emotional and attention bandwidth. And, uh, and so we can, I think, change from day to day just based on that. And we have to, uh, you know, I like to describe imperative as a graceful organization. Mm. So you know, we know that people are having, there are days where people just have life and, executing imperatives mission may not be the biggest priority today. And we just have to recognize that we are very liberal with mental health days or just, you know, giving, you know, treating one another with compassion and respect uh, and recognizing that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that you just made that point about uh, being aware of mental health and, you know, that it, it, gosh, especially in light of what's been happening the last two years, right. With the pandemic, yeah. that's where emotional agility comes into play in this whole DISC conversation, being able to learn how to stretch and to be mindful of and respectful of people who have other priorities than you, um, that's huge. And, you know, it's not a luxury. We used to, you know, four or five, six years ago, we used to be able to say, well, you know, that person's just having a bad day. I just, they'll get over it, whatever. Today, it's not a luxury to have emotional agility. It's a necessity. I mean, we have to learn, man, are you doing okay? And not just look the other way. Hey, you seem a little off. Is everything okay? Can I do something to help? We have to learn how to have empathy to be able to succeed and to, gosh, not even to succeed, just to be able to survive in today's environment, right? I mean, we've got technological advances. We've got just competition. There are so many natural forces that are happening in the workplace. If we don't learn how to be emotionally agile, that's we're behind the ball. And I think those organizations in the last 18 to 24 months who aren't that way have really felt the impact uh, in turnover. And I think, yeah. you know, I know organizations that are, you know, are screaming right now about turnover and uh, having a hard time filling positions. And then I know organizations that have had no turnover and who <laughs> have, you know, ha have, you know, have places where people feel, uh, you know, we had uh, Julie Devlin on a little, uh, a few episodes ago talking about psychological safety and uh, who felt, you know, this place, you know, that I work cares about me. What I do is meaningful here. Right. And, uh, and, you know, there's there's that kind of grace and compassion when they're, you know, when people have life. And right now, you know, uh, it's a little extraordinary in the amount of grace and compassion we need sometimes with, with the Delta variant and kids going back to school and or not being sent home. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> being sent home or being all of those things. So, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, those are, would be tools that organizations can really benefit from. The problem is, I think, like you said earlier. Often it's leaders, uh, you know, most of this stuff, leaders are, you know, as soon as I hear a leader blaming their people for not accomplishing certain things, I know the problem's not with the people, right? Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Well, that is, 
that is all the time we have for this conversation. But again, Julie will be at the Fort Worth HR Strategic Mindset Conference on September 17th. You can register for that event at fwhr.org. I'll be speaking as well. And so, you know, if nothing else, you'll get a good nap after lunch. Uh, but I hope you, I hope to see you all there. And thank you, Julie, for, uh, Julie, Adrian, for joining us today uh, on Good Morning HR. Thanks, Mike. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests, including Adrian Porter, at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer and Imperatives Marketing Coordinator, Katie Bautista, keeps the trains running on time. And I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of any help to you personally or professionally. And I'll see you next week. Until then, do well, be well, and keep your chin up.